Hello, my humans. This is Brooke from Broad Humans, a podcast where we like to talk about the guests' day to day lives. On this episode, we're continuing chapter two of addiction slash mental health. Please note that these episodes are not for children. Please know that some of the things in these stories are very much real but very hard to listen to so feel free to skip if you need to uh let's start the show hi everybody this is brooke from broad humans and i have ashley here and she's going to tell us about her story with addiction so say hi ashley hi everybody <laughs> so uh first question when did it start so i used for the first time when i was 12 i smoked weed for the first time and it was probably around the same age that i drank for the first time okay and was it a party or so here's the thing like my my mom like she would allow me to like have a drink of her drink when we went out to a restaurant like that wasn't uncommon right so I never really had the effect, you know, produced by alcohol because I never consumed enough, but it always intrigued me right. because I saw how other people acted when they drank. So, you know, it was always something that interested me. So the first time that I actually drank, um, sorry, mom, if you're listening, is um, <laughs> she was having a party and she didn't want me there, obviously, because I was a child. So mm-hmm. she sent me to my friend's house. So when I left, I just stole a bunch of jello shots and put them in my bag. Aww. So I was with a friend. Yeah. So from there, really, uh, my fear of drinking and using was kind of removed. Um, I didn't. So I smoked weed with um, somebody. I won't say anybody's name. Yeah. Uh, We're going by with, a first name basis, by the way. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've kind of figured that um, <laughs> with a friend who was also a neighbor. Um, so I remember feeling like. So here's the thing. As a kid, I never really felt um, a part of, and that was never because of anybody else or the way I was treated. It was all internal stuff. So I always felt different, um, not good enough, not pretty enough, like I didn't fit in. So when I consumed alcohol or when I did drugs, it removed that for me. Like I finally had the sense of like ease and comfort uh, and belonging. So um, once I had that realization, it was just, you know, downhill from there. So, you know, in high school, I would go to parties and drink and, you know, if there were pills around, I would try them. And then by the time I was 16 years old, I was smoking meth in a friend's basement, you know what I mean? Um, And it's like, I remember thinking like, I'll never be that person. Like, that's never what I wanted in life. You know, like I never wanted to, you know, end up where I ended up. But I didn't think that's where it would end up. You know what I mean? I was a 16-year-old who was, and I don't blame anybody else, but I surrounded myself with people who did those things. So I guess I shouldn't be shocked that that's where I ended, you know? Um, Right. But, you know, I mean, I guess I think everybody feels that way, you know? Like, it's not going to be me. That's And unfortunately, addiction and alcoholism are very prevalent in my family. Um, Yeah. Thank God I was um, blessed with my freaking angelic mother who, you know, (laughs) if love could have saved me or fixed me, like she could have, you know, like she literally tried everything in her power, you know, and, and as my progression of, you know, my addiction progressed, like she, she did, she tried every avenue possible to, to try to get me sober. I, you know, I, 
like I said, in high school, I was doing those things and I graduated high school and I went on to college and, and I thought college was going to fix me. And I thought, you know, my eventual husband would fix me. And then I had kids and I thought that would fix me and that would be enough to make me stop using and, and, uh, drinking and all that stuff. And, and thank God, you know, when I was pregnant with my oldest, I was, able to I stopped smoking cigarettes and drinking I mean I literally stopped doing everything uh, awesome when I was pregnant with her and um, then I had her and then I had some complications after my well with my birth and then I had to have um, surgery after that and then that's when I kind of uh, my prescription drugs right Um, okay and that's when my opiate addiction took off and um, it went from you know the doctor giving me Vicodin to Percocet and then and then those weren't enough because I became dependent and started abusing them. Um, and then it was, well, so-and-so can get, you know, these, which are stronger. And then, you know, eventually uh-huh. that wasn't strong enough. And then someone's like, well, why are you wasting your money on pills? Why don't you buy heroin? I'm like, I don't know, uh-huh. you know. And, and luckily it made sense with the amount of money that I was Uh spending, you know, my husband and I were spending a day. Um, and so that's what we did. And then, you know, I'm snorting heroin, justifying it and saying I'm better than the person who's shooting heroin. And, and, you know, a year later I'm shooting heroin because I was sick and I, um, I didn't have a solution. I didn't know how to not, you know, it was, it was a vicious cycle. And then it became, um, drugs were the most important thing in my life. Um, I loved my daughter to the best of my ability at the time, eventually signed over custody of her to my parents and my in-laws because I, parenting was no longer something that I was able to do. Um, parenting was, It became an obligation. It became something that stood in the way of my use. I was not a good role model. So I decided the best thing for, you know, my husband and I decided the best thing for my child to do was to sign over custody. And that's what I did. And then it got even worse because then it gave me another reason to drink and use. And we filed bankruptcy on our house. We lost our house because we couldn't afford to pay for it anymore. We lost all those cars sitting in the driveway I lost relationships with people who didn't want me around because I didn't come around unless I, I needed something, you know, I come around unless you had something to offer me. And and if you didn't, then I was going to steal something so that I could sell it to get money to, to do what I needed to do. And, um, it became a very sick life. And then, uh, when my husband overdosed and died, um, that was devastating because I, I kind of always, um, I had always heard about people overdosing and I had always, um, I knew it was obviously a real thing, but I guess I almost looked at it like that kind of thing doesn't happen to people like me. Right. Um, That's those people or, or, you know, not me basically. So I, I got scared and I went into treatment for the first time inpatient treatment I had done intensive outpatient. I had done the methadone clinics and the suboxone doctors and, and all that, but, um, I had never done inpatient treatment. So I, I, um, I did that for the first time. I went into Adams recovery center in Goshen and, um, it was a 90 day treatment facility. And, uh, I stayed for almost 120 days because, you know, I had a lot of stuff to work on and look at and, uh, and uh, so I, I graduated that treatment program and uh, 
And I thought I was fixed. You know, I thought, that, um, all right, it's gone. It's over. You know, I was not thoroughly convinced that I was an alcoholic as well. To me, and this is, this is just all my own personal experience and um, just what I believe, you know, everybody's different, but absolutely. Yeah. So I got out of treatment and um, I met a guy while I was in treatment and uh, I got pregnant right away. I got out and uh, he shortly after got sentenced to prison for a really long time. And um, I have always played the victim in my life. And so what I did was um, I thought, why is God doing this to me? You know, like I felt like I was the victim mm-hmm. of circumstance, which wasn't the case. You know, I had always put myself in horrible situations and then wondered how I got there. So um, what happened for me was this time I didn't have the choice to not drink or use when I was pregnant. I didn't, it wasn't a choice like it was when I had my oldest. And so um, I started drinking when I was pregnant with my second pregnancy and that slowly turned into smoking weed also. And then that slowly turned into, well, I can take a couple pills here or there until I'm full blown IV using heroin again, pregnant. Wow. And I would cry every day because I didn't want to do it. Like I didn't want to do what I was doing and I didn't know how not to. And uh, my mom had kicked me out of the house because she couldn't watch me do this anymore. And right. she couldn't watch me hurt my baby. And uh, I was devastated. I, uh, I didn't know where to go. So I was five months pregnant and I was homeless and it was December and absolutely miserable. And every day I would throw up all day long cause I was using. And uh, I remember calling my mom one day. And I said, it was December 5th of 2013. And I said, mom, like something's wrong. I need you to come get me and take me to the hospital. And she did like she always did. And she took me to um, Claremont and they didn't have a maternity ward. So they got me down to UC. And by the time I got down to UC, my entire body had shut down. I had liver failure, kidney failure, heart failure. I was septic. They had to intubate me and put me in a coma where I stayed for Honestly, I don't even know the amount of days. I know it was months, a couple months I was in that coma. Jesus. Actually, I had no idea any of this happened. I had no clue. Yeah, so, like, that was kind of what I wow. hoped, you know, is like, I'll just hide this and nobody will know. But, like, everybody, my mom would come and visit me every day and she would sit there and she would talk to me and my dad, and my brother, and my grandparents. Like, um, only so many people were allowed in at a time. But I remember hearing things. Like, I could hear what people were saying. And so like my mom, I guess they were going to shave the back of my head because from laying in that bed for so long, um, like my hair was just knotted and nasty. Yeah. They were going to shave it. And my mom's like, absolutely not. Like, I know you can't tell right now, but she's extremely vain. Not shave her head. Like she'll freak out. She sat there for hours and brushed my hair, knots out of my hair. So I remember waking up and they told me when I woke up, you know, they had my mom come tell me that, you know, I lost the baby. Um, which I knew. And I found out that he was a little boy and I named him Mason. And that was a horrible experience uh, filled with guilt and shame that I still live with today on a much lesser level, thank God. Um, 
And so they told me, you know, after I got out of that coma, I had to stay in the hospital and I had to do uh, dialysis for a while for my kidneys. And uh, I was told that I had contracted hepatitis C while I was out there using drugs. And uh, I wasn't shocked. I, I truly wasn't because the lifestyle that I lived, I knew that, um, that, that that was a pretty good possibility, you know, and uh, it was just something that wasn't really a concern at the time. And, uh, and so they said, you know, if you continue to use, you're going to die. And uh, I just remember telling them, like, that's your job. Like, you're a doctor. You have to tell me that. And so, you know, I I always think that I know best, uh, which isn't, isn't right. the case, obviously. And so I, I had to use one more time and find out. And uh, I it was on February 13th. I, um, I went to Target and I bought, I wanted to buy Rory a Valentine's present. Um, and so I had enough money where I could go buy her a present and I could still have enough money to get high. And I remember I went in Target and bought the present and then got back in my car and got high and I, and I overdosed and, uh, and some lady getting a cart found me and she called, you know, 911 and, uh, came and saved me and took me to the hospital and did all that good thing. And I remember my mom telling me like, I'm done. Like, if you don't go to treatment, you can just basically just write us off you know like um you're not gonna see rory anymore you're not gonna come to family functions anymore like we just have nothing left to give you know and and my mom being the person that she is and like her will to keep trying i knew that when she said that like that had to kill her to say that and uh so i went into the same treatment center again i went into adam's recovery center again and um and i didn't want to get sober on February 23rd of 2014. I did not want to be sober. Um, I didn't want to be homeless anymore. I didn't want to starve anymore. I didn't want to do the things I had to do to get money anymore. And I went to treatment and uh, God saw fit that that was when I got sober. And uh, that wasn't anything I did. It truly wasn't. So that treatment facility um, brought in 12-step meetings. I thank God for that every day. You know, I, I truly believe that's the only reason I'm sober. I was um, introduced to step work and sponsorship and people who are like me. Yes, um, yes. Who have been through the things that I've been through and have done the things that I've done and still managed to still stay sober, you know. And that was huge for me because I thought I was alone. I thought I was the only shitty mom on the face of the earth. I thought I was the only shitty daughter on, you know, the face of the earth and what kind of mother or person could do this to their kids? And, um, and I found out I wasn't alone and it, I wasn't a bad or immoral person. I was a sick person who needed help. And um, I am forever grateful for that. And so thank God, you know, like I said, I was introduced to that program. And so um, that introduced me to a lot of people and it gave me relationship with a lot of women. It allowed me to write rock that I had done along the way to people, whether it be financially or emotionally, physically, um, it allowed me to go back and um, amend those wrongs. And that was huge for me because I had done a lot of hurt, you know, to a lot of people that I loved and cared about. And, uh, you know, to be able to sit down with those people and the things that I've done wrong, because I didn't just want to hand out, I didn't want to just be forgiven. And let's forget that that ever happened because, you know, that just isn't, isn't what it is. Um, and so 
throughout sobriety, I've been able to, when I was two years sober, I went back and got um, custody of my oldest daughter back. And that was huge. You know, I had so much fear about it because I hadn't been a mom in a long time. Uh, emotionally, physically, financially, all of being a mom. How old was she when you got her So back? I, we gave away custody when she was three. Okay. And I want to say she was six or seven. My memory is horrible. Somewhere between six and seven when I got her back. So our, my, my parents and Drew's parents had her for three years. And they were absolutely amazing. You know, they did what I was unable to do. And I think that's why Rory yeah. has turned out to be such an amazing kid, man. Because, you know, my mom and Jackie and, and her aunt Megan, too. I mean, they literally were a godsend. Um, and, and I want to say that, too, you know. Drew's mom tried just as much as my mom, man. She put in every effort. If love could save that man, it would have. It would have. Um, Do you need, you could take a minute if you, I'm sitting here crying with you. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I just, uh, it's hard to see the destruction, you know, in the past and all the stuff that's that's been done. And I'm just grateful, like, me and his mom and sister have a great relationship. I think we have a great relationship today. And it wasn't like that before. It was not like that before. Um, but yeah, so I got to see Rory back, which was huge, you know. And then I, I got sober and I met another man who, who is in the same fellowship that I am. And he just had 10 years sober. So he, I don't know how to live sober. Like, I feel like whatever normal people learn in life to, like, be equipped for life, to handle life. Uh, I must yeah. have missed that day of school because I feel like I am not that like I I don't have these like coping skills and um you know just I don't know I just don't have that stuff well I want to I want to say that where we came from it was a very small town and there wasn't a lot of things to do so <laughs> do these things and then and then they just it just so I mean Usually it starts off trying to find shit. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, but I for sure I do um I do love seeing pictures of your family on Facebook. You guys just seem so happy and your kids are cute as shit. <laughs> and <laughs> I love man, your kids. They are, they're adorable. And um sorry, that was a rough story, actually. I have no idea. Try to pull it together. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, I do want to stay real quick though, like there is hope, you know, like even though I contracted yeah. hepatitis C, like I just got finished with treatment, like I'm cured, it's gone, you know, like, so that's awesome. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it sucks that I had it and, you know, all that other stuff, but thank God, like medical stuff has came so far, like right. there's treatment to fix stuff. So I don't have to worry about that, you know, and then I had Oakley, don't yeah. forget about Miss Crazy Oakley along the way too. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, she's so freaking cute with her red hair. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is, and I think that's the reason why I'm doing this. I've actually, uh, you're my third interview. I'm going to make this podcast a two part podcast because, um, the stories that I'm getting are just, I feel like people need to know yeah. like your guys' story and that there is hope and that it's not going to be easy. It's going to be fucking yeah. hard, which, you know, I don't know. My sister has gone through so much shit with that with addiction as well so not that i've been addicted but i know kind of how it is on the other side so um i think that's uh, another reason why i started doing this just to learn more and 
I don't are you done with your story I didn't want to yeah no I, I okay, okay definitely um, I just like you said I, I think a I lot of so times people don't understand it. unless they've directly been affected or somebody close to them has been affected you know it's easy to be like oh right. it's just a choice and people are weak or whatever you know it is that people say or think so Right. Well, and it's it's so crazy because it's like, I mean, Ashley and I were never really close at school, but, you know, we would say hi or right. you know, laugh every once in a while. But you never know what's going on in people's lives. Like, I moved away and I'm just assuming that everything was OK. Right. You know, like I had no idea. So this is a total shock for me. I mean, I knew that you had lost your your baby, but I didn't know what the extent was. Right. And I knew that it, Drew had passed away, but I, you know, I, I mean, of course I was like, holy shit, you know, this is serious. Right, like, yeah. Know? But I think that's might've been when I added you on Facebook just to make, you know, just to make sure, I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't be alive after yeah. all that shit happened to me. Yeah. So, um, uh, but holy shit. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. Like, and I, that was really good. Actually. Um, I didn't really have to like interrupt you. You just went straight through yeah i figured so, that'd be I'm the easiest so <laughs> yeah i'm so excited that that i got this and um uh i'll, I'll let you know when it's on yeah for sure and i really appreciate it and keep in touch with me and i'm gonna go cry a little bit more <laughs> and i'm so glad that i mean you seem so happy now oh, with, thank with you I, I am i really and, am and I'm glad that you, you got your shit together and, and it's possible guys. You it is it. possible. So it's not easy, so but much. it's possible. <laughs> and I will talk to you. All later. right. I'll see you later. Well, thank you for having me. 